0: Welcome to Tech.London Talks. Tech.London is the go-to digital platform for London's technology ecosystem, providing a central place to discover resources and interact with our city's thriving tech scene. Today, we're speaking to David Murray-Hundley, the Grumpy Entrepreneur. Mentor, advisor, investor, chairman, and founder, we're speaking to him about how he's been supporting companies during the coronavirus pandemic. Hi there, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview today no worries. Right. So I always like to start my interview with what I call the basics. So for the record, who are you and what do you do?
1: So I'm David Murray Hundley, known as the Grand Prix Entrepreneur. Uh, I'm chairman of a couple of companies and also uh, on the board of directors of a few businesses as well.
0: Okay, great. So how has, you know, you've mentioned that you were in a couple of different companies and you're on a couple of different boards. Can you tell about us your story about those companies and yourself as a founder and investor and how all that all evolved, just a summary, prior to COVID-19?
1: Yeah, so I started off a uh, very long time ago, very long time ago, uh, writing games when I was at school when it wasn't cool. Uh, ended up doing artificial intelligence at university when no one knew what AI meant. And I was with some really early web stuff over in the U.S. with Chase Manhattan. Um, And then my kind of big thing when I was 25 was uh, during the dot-com boom, Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: was part of the founding team for Commerce One. We were the biggest stock on NASDAQ for e-commerce at the time, 22 billion market cap. And then uh, by the time I was 30, I went bankrupt, uh, personally bankrupt. Uh, And also um, the business went chapter 11 and then I kind of just got involved in when a bubble burst uh, in 2001, um, kind of picking myself back up and actually there was a lot of opportunities with picking up uh, businesses that had had a lot of funding and had not got to market. So I ended up doing one of those and then, yeah, it's just been a gradual thing and, you know, investment wise I've changed my way of doing things over the years. And now, you know, I sit on probably, quite a few boards whether it be advisory formerly a director or, or chair and um you know they tend to be most of them doing some sort of revenue and then they're like in that real scale stage so one business i'm with i'm Chem for uh, i've been there four years and we've done a few series a's now we're you know we're global uh, we've got 13 countries that we deal with and uh, it's all quite grown up but um yeah, i this is kind of all I know. <laughs> so right. I, don't, I don't think I'd be very good at anything else. And I'm a bit of a maverick, so I can't go and work for anyone.
0: So it sounds like you have a view of the tech and startup scene from almost all angles, from, you know, an entrepreneur to having gone bankrupt yourself and then getting back involved again. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have investor involvement in both Datadog and Revolut, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. So right. it's interesting that... Um, what we're going through right now, I don't think anyone could plan for. If I see another article from someone saying that they could have planned for 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 COVID, I, you know, they must must be winning the lottery every week. They're, um, <laughs> it's uh, you know, we were due a recession potentially in the UK anyway. So I think some, of, even the businesses I'm involved with, we were we were planning on that anyway. But this is this is you know, no one can plan this stuff. And so there's elements of what we're going through that I've seen in the bubble bursting. In the dot, when the dot-com bubble burst. And it's actually quite similar. It's very different mm-hmm. to 2008. Fa- so 2008, I built a business in 2008, which I sold, uh, ironically, to do with the NHS. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. I, I wish I hadn't sold it now. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, you know, the, this feels like the bubble bursting. Uh, and obviously, we had nine eleven at the time as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it feels worse than that. Um, I think we're very fortunate that technology has meant that we go into recessions and down periods probably quicker than we did in the the, back in 2001, which is quite shocking. But however, I also think we might come out of some elements of it quicker as well, down to technology and the way information, you know, so much quicker and shared and there's a lot more AI around things, but this is um, yeah, this is kind of deja vu really. Um, But there's a lot of founders out there and it doesn't matter what age they are some founders this is their first proper uh, you know start of the roller coaster mm-hmm. um or you know bad times and um it's tough and i've kind of always said to myself i had an unfortunate time when i was 18 and i kind of said to myself from that point i'd always help people uh, which is what i'm doing right now
0: All right great you want to expand on that a little bit anything you can say, yeah, tell so, about what you're
1: doing yeah so um March 18th uh, random story um, I was basically in my local town in a coffee shop it was sort of empty for obvious reasons it was just before we obviously declared no one could go out and mm-hmm. um, the guy's business was basically it was a privately owned shop basically he was he was going under and he kept thanking me for buying a coffee and, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried to help him out briefly and I got home and um, just thought I-, I need to do something so Went on LinkedIn and said, my diary was open for 30 minute slots for the next 60 days. And I'll help anyone, any founder, any company, whatever stage doesn't have to be tech. It can be just any business. And um, here I am on day, I think it's day 31 or 32, not quite clear. Um, and I'm 346 companies in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's been. And and then to put on top of that, we then at that point, I didn't know we were going into lockdown um, Mm -hmm. and my children would be at home. So um, I'm not only if I've been helping companies trying to do the day job, I'm also a school teacher (laughs) in the morning for my six year old daughter. So it's challenging. But, you know, there's been some really good. Yeah, I, I hopefully, hopefully I've helped some businesses. My first thought was if I can save one business from going bust, then that's a good thing. Um, I think I've saved a few. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of the same problems out there. Yeah, uh, so tell
0: us about You've spoken to all these companies going through this major crisis. Tell us what you learned, what trends you've noticed, stuff like that.
1: So uncertainty, um, people not trying to think that this is going to last six weeks and then it's all going to be nice again. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the realization that uh, raising money has been quite easy since maybe 2012, and is about to be tough for a, for a period of time, right. and um, people realizing that they they need to have contingency plans, and actually, you know, maybe they didn't need to be spending on the burn rate like they have been, and actually they can pull pull together. Um, People changing business models, um, some really, really focused in, which is great because it's all about focus. Um, I think really testing some founders. You know, it's there's a lot of founders in a certain age group out there that are single or, you know, live on their own. And this is tough. Yeah. and (laughs) You know, in the three week, three and a half weeks of speaking to people, four weeks, you can hear the tone. Is, is getting more challenging for people uh-huh. there's been a lot of in people who've had investment that they've been through a really late stage like you know more at seed level where they've gone through DD and uh-huh. you know the investors have pulled um, there's others with investors instead of putting a hundred thousand in we'll put 10,000 in um, there's also interestingly founders that realize their existing shareholders if you communicate well with them are you know really supportive. Uh, which is something I always bang on about anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of, this, lot of the same things. There's a few with the heads in the ground uh, who I worry about. There's also a lot of businesses that...
0: By heads in the ground, you mean companies that aren't taking enough action, you feel? Or? Yeah,
1: not enough action or will say things to me, well, you know, in six weeks time when it's all okay again, you're like, wow, that's really optimistic.
0: Right. Um, this is the new normal. It's not going back to the way it was.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So... and. Um, it's tough, right, and I think there's going to be some businesses out there, interestingly, the ones that are really early stage and you know less burn rate I'm mm-hmm. kind of saying to them you've got an opportunity, certainly if you've got you know runway for for a year, two years, because some of their competitors are massively overvalued um serious burn rates, and I know from commerce one you can it's not about removing people from your business when your burn rate's high you know it's it's other factors and mm-hmm. um I think there's going to be, you know, a few, few casualties with some of these businesses. I really do, but also there's opportunity. There'll be tons of opportunity for people as well. And I think we all need to stay really positive and just fight. You know, I think it's, you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to fight for everything. So it's your time to really do it.
0: Right. Um, I'm going to move on to some questions about uh, investing during COVID. Um, Has COVID affected your relationship with any of your current portfolio companies?
1: Um, no, if anything, I'm, I'm the the usual annoying investor, um, (laughs) who's active. Um, no, I mean, a lot of the ones I was bugging founders, certainly where I'm more, more directly involved. I was bugging them probably two years ago, a year and a half ago saying there will be a recession at some point. You need to make sure that if you've raised any money, you raise it, you get the company more cash positive. Mm-hmm. um and it's all about revenue so i you know e-fundamentals we we you know we were really lucky actually we closed around at the end of last year we're you know we're we're spread across the world you know we were due milestones with our vcs uh over the next part of 12 months and our vcs actually uh, gave us the money early which is you know great right respect to the business and the team who have done a brilliant job another company which is uh early stage you know the 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 founder is he's 24 years old and i have bugged him for months on end to close 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 on things and uh Mm -hmm. he's he's rare that he listens and he has done it um i there's a few in my portfolio that obviously i'm concerned about um Mm -hmm. for various reasons and what will be will be you know as an investor you can't you can't win everything and i don't go into it with a view that you know i certainly don't invest because of eis that's Mm -hmm. not the reason i invest i invest because i want companies to do well and if they are going to fail then you know what i risked what i could afford um Mm -hmm. i think in the certainly in the seed landscape i'm hearing from both companies and other investors there's a mix of investors there that some that have been really burnt in the last few weeks and maybe made some pretty bad judgments on deals and possibly invested because of EIS mm-hmm. uh, as the only reason others who you know mid high salary people who have seen their personal wealth you know crash with the markets uh, and are now kind of backing out a little bit more and then there's other investors who are smart who are saying well hang on a second evaluations are going to take a hit why would I put money in now Mm -hmm. because in six months time it's going to be worth possibly half of what it is now so they're waiting for a deal but there are deals being done and in the last four weeks week one i didn't hear of anything Mm -hmm. week three week four i'm hearing about deals being done at at seed level which has had the toughest time i think Mm -hmm. um and i think you know it's all down to valuation right and so a couple of the companies i've spoken to it's been quite nice actually where They've actually listened to my advice, which means I might speak some sense. And um, <laughs> they've gone back to shareholders or investors who were going to pull out and said, look, you know, I'll, I'll do a better deal. And they've closed the money. So getting emails like that is is great. Um, but um, the VCs, you know, they've still got plenty of cash. They're just, and rightly so, they're being tougher about their deals now. Um, they've right. got to look after their own portfolio. They've not got perfect portfolios either. And I mm-hmm. guess they're... Um, you know they're going to go back to like the bubble burst in days and you know dd will be harder with them and they're going to want you know capital is going to be more expensive
0: right so you probably know that there is a large uh financial support package announced by the government yeah. um how do you feel about that support package so
1: I've, i'm going to stick up for the government here i'm seeing loads of negative stuff about various things okay and i kind of go you know what, right now, you know government usually spend a year planning stuff, right? And they're planning this stuff in about a week, I think, at the moment. So I had a lawyer look at uh the the stuff that was announced yesterday. And there are there are a lot of gaps, um, it has to be said. And I would i keep saying to everyone, the devil is in the detail. It really, really is. And mm-hmm. you know, you need to really understand it. I think what happens is is that People assume it's automatic money, and it, it's not going to be. Um, and it's going to be—it's not going to be easiest criteria. And it's—you know—I saw something quoted today. It's only—is it a thousand companies or ten thousand companies or something? I mean, I just—at least they're trying to do something. And you know, I still think if you're a founder, focus on those revenue streams. Like, get the—you know—side projects and R and D stuff goes out the window for a bit. Like, keep the light switched on. And look, mm. you know, in the existing shareholders, they're not, you know, they might be annoyed, but they're not going to let their investment go down the drain necessarily. You know, they'll be supportive. And it's probably the best money you can get, right? But, you know, good on the government for doing something. And um, I, I hear they're still trying to do other, other things as well. And, you know, it's, it's better than nothing, but, you know, you'll never make everyone happy, right?
0: Right. How do you how do you feel about how can cities effectively leverage tech and data to improve their responses because they want to use all these tools to help the people but at the same point they don't want to cross that line do you think that's possible uh or do you think we'll ever be able to close the pandora's box of breaking civil privacy once it's done
1: it's an interesting one because i if i take a vertical take something like um automotive tech right so Mm -hmm everyone says to me i have a lot of people going well i will never have a vehicle that has data shared right i won't share anything on my cell phone i won't share anything in the vehicle i won't share any in my data and i say to them well you know try then insuring that vehicle financing that vehicle even driving you know i think we i do worry that we share too much data um mm-hmm. in general and um i i wonder even something like what we're some of these rescue packages from the government it, it, you kind of question <laughs> how some of that information is going to be used um but i don't you know it kind of feels like we're going into the realms of when the internet you know the World Wide web back in the early days and mid 90s was being described as the wild west and needed policing and we still really haven't managed to do that massively well and i wonder if we're going down the same route with uh, with data sharing a little bit um you know, I, I, I know a lot of people who are like properly going off grid uh, who uh, with everything. But I whilst I think that might be interesting and I kind of agree with some of it, I do wonder how possible it actually is, right? I mean right. you know, I try, you know, I've been trying to ignore the news, if I'm honest, for the last four weeks. It's the only thing I kind of I watched Bloomberg and, and wow. been ignoring everything else and it's really hard to do. It's like you can't even if you want to get away from stuff, you can't do you know what do you know what it is twitter is awful for like you just go on twitter for like 30 seconds and in that 30 seconds of scrolling you can probably know all the news for the day and it's mm-hmm. it's yeah you know, or not real news um so yeah i i'm finding that like i'm shielding myself away from that stuff but um you know i generally have bloomberg on and just that running in the background but um yeah i you know we if we want to improve things then we're going to have to share more right so right yeah.
0: Um okay great. So we're coming to what I consider the the most fun part of the interview. Okay. Um it's kind of a uh quick fire session I call it life in lockdown and it's just you know what you've been doing since lockdown and um no or pass are perfectly acceptable answers okay? Okay. <laughs> so what is your daily routine like in lockdown?
1: Uh working longer hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Again coming back to the you've spoken to 300 companies um, well
1: working longer than hours and having like this morning I was up at 4am to do my work so I could do other stuff in the day. So I'm definitely finding I'm working some weird hours at the moment.
0: Do you have a favorite quarantine snack?
1: oh Mars bars at the moment.
0: Mars I bars.
1: Yeah, don't have no old school. Um, yeah, Mars bars. I've got this thing for Mars bars at the moment, and Skittles. Like I sound oh, like a five-year-old child. Love Skittles. Yeah, and my daughter loves them as well. So Skittles, I've, I've got a bit of a thing for Skittles and and uh, fizzy fish. So they they, nice. they there's definitely a stash of those going on in the house.
0: nice Do you have a goal or an achievement you'd like to reach before quarantine is over?
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: mean, besides save the ticket. No, it's like the
1: world. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you know what I did? Um, I can't remember what they were. I mean, I was exercising a lot anyway. I'm exercising loads. So I've kind of got this, I want to be, I have this thing about my resting heart rate. And, mm-hmm. um, because a friend of mine who is a very well-known racer driver told me five years ago, what his was, at what my age was, and it was mm-hmm. better than mine. So I've kind of been on this mission to get it better. So my resting heart rate is generally like 49, 50. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm on a mission to lower it even more just so I can wind them up. That's a bit of a mission. Um, and just to, um, I, I, this, when I get to the, the end of all this, uh, whenever that is, um, <laughs> it's appreciating stuff that maybe I haven't appreciated for, for a bit and taken for oh, granted. Yeah, nice. and I mean, that, I sincerely mean that as well. Like I've definitely, it's, it's humbled me on a few things.
0: Nice. What is the one thing that has kept you sane?
1: <laughs> they've also driven me insane um <laughs> my children my children and my wife we do drive each other all of us nuts but I have to say I'm a very very fortunate person that uh I have that I also think with you know we've got locked down with technology right I know I spoke to my sister in Toronto today um mm. you know we're in touch with family so that that's all kept me uh really insane and actually um the I've got a, a race simulator uh and that's kind of an hour on that, which is all I get, is, is, is kind of a, a bit of detachment from the real world.
0: Nice, nice. Okay, going into my last two questions, I promise. What do you think your COVID story is gonna be?
1: I think my COVID story will be that it will be all about all these companies and, and that I've helped and pers- and probably some people that I've changed the, the track they were on it's not that I I don't want any like gratitude for that or whatever, but I have a view that um, things happen for a reason. We're going through what we're going through for a reason at the moment, but Mm -hmm. you can change things for the better. And I kind of say that if I can come out and I've stopped those businesses from going bust or people having a harder time than, than they deserve, then that will probably be, you know, I might be known as the grumpy guy. I wasn't very grumpy during, during COVID. Um, But you know, that, (laughs) I think that will probably be when I look back is I'll remember this period you know I've never spoken to this amount of companies in this amount of time and I'm not stopping it's not 60 days like I will carry on as long as I have to so
0: wow Um, yeah
1: yeah I mean I do you know I keep this interest I've had a few emails from people who are questioning whether they want to be founders and all the rest of it and you know what I'm saying to them well you probably already know the answer you don't need me to tell you um it's it's you know doing what we do in the startup world um i say to people you have to be crazy to want to do it in the first place right Mm. because it's it's lonely it's tough you don't pay yourself you have to deal with everyone else's issues so i think um this you know this is a test in time If if people can get through this they will get through probably most things in life i reckon
0: nice last question what is the one piece of advice you have to the tech community right now
1: it would be, be kind to each other, be humble. I think we, we lose, our, I've done it myself, so I can, it's self-criticism. Uh, be humble, don't forget where you come from. And I think sometimes in a tech community, we forget where we come from and we all come from somewhere and we all have a story. And I think sometimes it's about remembering the basics sometimes. And I can, I can speak from experience of coming from at the age of 18, sleeping in bus shelters, to living in Monaco, to having a dot-com dream, that went very well then went crash that you um wow. you have to you you it, it, it's pretty hard on the way down as well and you have to remember the important stuff because frankly the rest of it is all irrelevant and i think we're finding out right now that what's actually relevant and important in the world uh, mm-hmm. and what isn't
0: wow that's great that's really great and then you you have certainly had an amazing life journey
1: i know i've been very lucky like, yeah. I think I've been lucky, like most people think, wow, you know, bankrupt, I'm like, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> like, but going bankrupt kept me alive, because I think I would possibly be not on the planet anymore. Uh, and you know what, if you, you, you've been in a bus shelter, sleeping in the middle of December in Milton Keynes, you suddenly realise that that's probably as tough as it's going to get for you, so you can only get better. So, yeah, I've been very fortunate.
0: What a great attitude. See, you're not so grumpy.
1: Yeah, I know, I just sometimes, I was <laughs> yesterday morning.
0: <laughs> um, well, that's all I have um is there anything else you'd like to add
1: no um if there's anything I can ever do for you please shout um and I'm more I, I, I don't forget where I come from so I help anybody even if it's the smallest thing and as I say to people there's never a stupid question so because I've asked them all so uh, mm-hmm. but, um, I just wish everyone well uh, and be kind to each other people and just look after each other
0: Okay, well, great. Thank you so much for doing the interview. Thank you so, so much for everything you're doing for the community right now. Take care of yourself. You too. Love you Bye. speaking to me. See you later. Bye.